Welcome to The Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is the new podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. The show is a breakout from the CBS News Weekend Roundup. Every week in The Kaleidoscope, we discuss issues including race, gender, and income inequality. This week, we focus on Juneteenth. June 19th commemorates the day in 1865 that enslaved people in Texas finally learned that slavery had been abolished two years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. We speak with Greg Carr, chair of the Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University. You'll also hear my conversation from last year with Smithsonian Secretary Lonnie Bunch. First, Professor Carr, after this quick break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I had to say it in a phrase, I would say Juneteenth is uh, the best known, even though still not as known as it should be, the best known of African-American Emancipation Day or Freedom Day traditions. Um, it, the, 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 the celebration of Juneteenth, which of course goes back to uh, the end of the Civil War, June 19th, 1865, when uh, General Gordon Granger Read the, read the Emancipation Proclamation from a veranda um, at a house in Galveston Bay, Texas, uh, thereby um, making enslaved Africans and making everyone, including enslaved Africans in, in, in that part of Texas, aware that uh, the, they had been freed. By the time you get to that date, which is why we call it June 19th, 1865, uh, the anchor day for Juneteenth. But by the time you get to that date, there has been an echo of news of the Emancipation Proclamation that really begins in terms of African-American communities uh, a, a couple of years earlier, January 1st, 1863, as, as you say, when the Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. The Emancipation Proclamation, which, of course, was a presidential executive order by then President Abraham Lincoln, uh, declared that as of January 1st, 1863, all enslaved people who were in states that were in rebellion to the United States were thenceforth and forever free. It did have some carve out exceptions, but, you know, without getting to putting too fine a point on it, that was the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, the preliminary emancipation had been signed several months earlier, September 1862. And basically it was a war measure that was attempting, its primary objective was not to free anyone, in fact, but to get the rebellious states to rejoin the Union. And it's a very important point to be made because I think that speaks to the, the central tension at the heart of the Juneteenth holiday, which is the Black freedom struggle uh, against far too often, the American project. These are two very distinct things. 
How do you think the legacy of Juneteenth, that delay, the spreading of freedom, relates to modern day racism at a time where it's now been a year since George Floyd was died and there have been global demonstrations against uh, racism and police brutality? Well, I think the simple fact of the matter is, and it's not an easy thing for folk to hear, but the truth when it comes to uh, white supremacy is very difficult for folk to hear, and, and understandably so. The simple fact of the matter is that um, Juneteenth has nothing to do with the idea of American independence or really the formation of the American settler state, except as a kind of counterpose to the American settler project. It's very difficult to hear, but the simple fact of the matter is the United States of America, like every other colony of Europe in the Western Hemisphere, is a settler colonial uh, state turned into a state. And so there is no one set of memories. Everything is contested when it comes to memory. And so in some ways, the project of Juneteenth, which means the project of Black liberation, meaning the long Black freedom struggle, continues. So what happened to George Floyd is directly connected to Juneteenth, not even in the broad, not just in the broad sense of the black freedom struggle and state violence and resistance to state violence. In the case of the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmed Aubrey and so many others, uh, the response being black folk are joined in the street by white folk and others. Um, but in George Floyd's case, George Floyd was raised. One of the places he was raised was Houston. And the school he attended, the high school he attended in Houston, um, Jack Yates High School, is named for a formerly enslaved African who had moved from the east to the west to Texas and was one of several formerly enslaved people who put money together immediately after uh, emancipation and purchased what became known as Emancipation Park. Emancipation Park is where they had and continued to have Juneteenth celebrations. It was the first place in Houston where they had Juneteenth celebrations. So George Floyd was a graduate of Jack Yates High School, one of the early Africans who, who were the first celebrants of Juneteenth. So we think this is even an abstract thing. You are direct line from Jack Yates to big George Floyd. Wow. And so, you know, it, it really is something. And so when you think about it that way, you understand that, as we all often say, the struggle continues. Juneteenth is really about black resistance to oppression. And that's what makes it very different than July 4th, which was about the colonies resistance to America. And of course that just gets complicated, too complicated. In fact, is Juneteenth a concept that all races can coalesce around and this, and this striving for unity and this striving to heal the schism among the races? Yes. Absolutely. But that's what has to happen. So Juneteenth isn't about diversity, equity and inclusion efforts. Uh, that's important work, but that's not fundamental structural, wholesale structural change work. And we understand that when um, when you're talking about changing a society, when you're talking about committing to the principle that we all have equal human value. And that we must all see ourselves as members of the human family. That gets a lot of pushback. So one of the ironies, in fact, of what has happened since the death of, of George Floyd, May 25th, 2020, and the aftermath in terms of the protests out there in the street and everything, is that the thing that it has fed the most in many ways is renewed reflection in Black communities 
on the nature and process of black self-determination. And that's what Juneteenth was really designed, uh, has been celebrated for. You had black folk on black owned land. They would, you know, slaughter the animals and have big barbecues and run races. They did speeches from the black churches, which they control the black high schools and they'd have competitions and all these things reinforcing the idea of black self-determination, black freedom. That's very different than a collective determination to restructure this project called America. So the answer is, yes, everyone can celebrate Juneteenth. If in celebrating Juneteenth, they are also saying we are committing to creating a different country. But that's a very different project than just saying, oh, this is a black version of July 4th. No, because as Dr. King said in 1963 on the steps of the Washington Monument, the Negro still is not free. That was Africana Studies professor Greg Carr at Howard University. Coming up, you'll hear my interview from last Juneteenth with Smithsonian Secretary Lonnie Bunch. He's the first black man to hold that position, and we began by asking his take on what many want to see designated a federal holiday. Juneteenth is really a celebration that commemorates the day African-Americans in Texas first learned that slavery was over. And it became a day where African-Americans first in Texas and then around the world began to celebrate freedom and emancipation. And for me, Juneteenth is both a celebration of a moment, but more importantly, it's an opportunity to reflect on the fragility of freedom. It's an opportunity to really look and understand what it took not just to gain freedom for the enslaved, but how to maintain that freedom going forward. So to my mind, Juneteenth is a wonderfully important holiday because it gives us a chance to remember, but it's also a clarion call to say, we owe all of those who struggled for freedom, we owe them our continued support by our own activism, by our own sense of helping the country live up to its stated ideals. Why don't more people outside of the African-American community know about this holiday? I've known about it since I was a little kid. There were parades, there were barbecues and that kind of thing. But it's interesting because even though I grew up, you know, in Newark, New Jersey for part of my life, I didn't really know much about Juneteenth until I went to college. So it's something that was really regional. So a lot of Southerners who came from Texas and Louisiana and Alabama who end up in Chicago knew that story. Um, but for a lot, it's something that slowly became more popular and more visible as we uncovered black history. In the middle of the protests that have been roiling the nation over George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, so many African-Americans that have been killed or have died in custody of police. Does Juneteenth take on an extra special meaning now? I think it does. I think that I would like to see Juneteenth be that day of reflection, that day where people really recommit themselves to the possibilities of America. I think it's a, a day that you need to shed light and illuminate all the dark corners, um, whether it's police brutality or economic inequality, um, the disparities that have shown up as a result of COVID-19. I think that this really is an important moment. And candidly, one of the things that's really happening at this moment as well is a general interest and appreciation for African-American history. Um, people are suddenly saying, I didn't know this, or I don't understand this. Is this a new, something new, rather than helping people understand this is part of a long arc 
Um, and one of the things I love about African-American history and, and what it does for me today is it reminds me that African-Americans believed in an America that didn't believe in them, that African-Americans were able to envision anew a world of possibility, a world of freedom. And in some ways, African-Americans are really one of the driving forces to help America, as Langston Hughes said, be America that's yet to be. So suddenly you've got a nation that's talking about the race massacre in Tulsa in 1921. And yes, the president has moved his rally from that date, but still people are talking about it. You've got companies from Google to Amazon talking about making some recognition of Juneteenth as a holiday. Does this strike you as a huge sea change in this nation now? Do you know, I'm always hopeful as a historian because I've seen the transformative change in the history of America, history of black America. Um, but I'm rarely optimistic um, <laughs> because we've been through this before. But I must admit, I'm seeing things that make me think maybe this is the tipping point. Um, yes, everybody's pointing towards look at the diversity of people that are out in the streets that are protesting. Well, there's always been moments where people cross racial lines to try to affect change in America, whether it's the abolitionist movement, the anti-lynching struggle in the early 20th century or the civil rights movement. But what I see now is not just corporations saying, let me give a little money, but saying, how do I make sure that within my corporation, I model the America I believe in. And suddenly you're seeing that, you know, 30 years ago, you didn't have the number of African-Americans or people of color in these corporations who are saying, oh, wait a minute, what about you? What are we doing? So I, I see that as, a, as something that's really very positive. And the other thing that really gives me hope is that there are things that I never thought I'd see. I never thought I'd see them pull down Robert E. Lee. I never thought I'd see them get rid of Aunt Jemima. Um, and I have to tell you, those moments mean so much to so many African-Americans because what it really meant is that for generations, we walked past these monuments and were reminded that the South lost the war, but they won the peace. We'd walk through these to the grocery store and we see Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima and we say, I don't know anybody that looks like that. But people would snicker and say, ah, that's your heritage. So for me, the fact that this is really a change that is absolutely changing things I never thought would change gives me real optimism. I've just got to ask you one more quick question. As a historian, do you have any concerns that this could go backwards? Because I have seen some conservative groups and I've seen polling where people are thinking, okay, the nation is now headed to some sort of actual civil war because there's so much pushback on the other side. There's so many who are angry about the discussions about race and civil liberties that are being had. Could this go wrong? Well, I think that here's the, to me, the model is, 1968-69, right? The model is that at a time of transformative change, at a time when much was possible, suddenly you have Richard Nixon as a law and order candidate. Suddenly you have people saying that the fear is that the nation's out of control, that the cities are out of control, and that we need to bring order. And as you know, that order led to part of the mass incarceration that we're grappling with to this day. So there is a fear that there will be a, a backlash, a fear that um, there will be people who will say that enough's enough. What I think has happened is that there might be more who are saying enough's not enough that might move us forward. But I must admit, I do worry about that notion of uh, what I worry about is, look, 
if you look at the late 60s, early 70s, so there was an interest in people understanding black history. There was um, suddenly black culture in the theater, uh, in films, on television. Um, and people, and that really was a great leap forward. But then that stopped. So the key here is, how can we make sure this is a great leap forward, that it's transformative and changes the country, um, recognizing that what history tells us is that this is a long struggle, not a struggle that occurred, that happens overnight. But I'm optimistic more than ever. After all, if you don't see Aunt Jemima, then there's other things that could change as well. Since my conversation with Smithsonian Secretary Lonnie Bunch, there has been some pushback on the movement against racism. But the fight for equality continues. And as Bunch says, this is a long struggle. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Ashley Armstrong for her production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Monday. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.